Hello, my name is Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis the Crushing It. Today I have with me Jason Titus, who is CEO and founder of Jet Set State, a lifestyle design brand dedicated to helping creatives eliminate the clutter so they can build a profitable, scalable, and sustainable business. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here with you today, man. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. So, man, tell us what the uh, what's going on in your world right now. Oh man, well, uh, I am now about a month into our second child, so uh, two children under two years of age. So uh, I'm not getting a lot of rest, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm enjoying every bit of it. If you know what I mean? It's been it's been amazing. That's intense. Two under two. <laughs> yeah. yeah man yeah so you get in your kip um you get in your sleep yeah you know it's it's been interesting i i have to give a, a shout out to my amazing wife because um i think having children is a challenge and i think it's something that's too often women carry a lot of the burden uh just due to uh their motherly instincts and just that's what they that's what they excel at uh but my wife and i have really done a great job of figuring out how i could carve out my own space for my children so doing little things that are are special to us so i change all the diapers in our household uh you know i do all the laundry things like that that sort of makes this this parenting sort of i wouldn't say easy but manageable uh at this point because my wife knows what she's doing and i'm doing everything i can to support her so it's been great. It's been great. And, you know, I've enjoyed every bit of it. You know, fair play, man. I've seen your lives and your, your little mini me on on the camera with you. <laughs> right. She loves the camera, doesn't she? She loves it. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, be- yeah, I guess in my own little world, I believe that uh, social media can be used for good. And I think if you're, if you're bringing happiness and joy in that space, I think it's, um, it inspires others. And so it's, it's something that I know that social media is going to be around a long time, her whole entire life. Uh, and so I want her to understand, you know, how to use it, how to use it wisely, but also how to take that moment to sort of connect with people and, and enjoy uh, what you got going on in your own world. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, um, so tell us a little bit more about this uh, Unpacked program there. Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I started, I started like, uh, most people start not having a clue what direction I was going. Um, but over time I've sort of carved out this little, uh, niche of an area that I, I really want to, I feel empowered to help people. And I feel that I have a breadth of knowledge that can uh, help them. And so it, it is all culminating to this sort of unpacked program that I've created that um, at the essential part of it is to help people stop procrastinating and start doing right. It's, it's not about trying to figure out how everything fits, but it's about taking action. And a lot of times for creatives and for individuals that are striving to do better and be better, uh, we get caught up and looking at all the, all the signs and off roads and never really move forward. And so before we know it, uh, we let go of our dreams, we let go of our passions, 
let go of who we are. And so my idea of the program is to help creatives, which you know, and for anybody that's listening, know that creatives never suffer from a lack of ideas, right? They're always, they always got a lack of resources, a lack of time, a lack of freedom, a lack of choice, but ideas, we got plenty. And so the, the idea of the Unpack program is to really help people eliminate the uncertainties, the, the anxiety-inducing, the momentum-crippling uncertainty of not knowing what I should be doing uh, and giving them a path to start realizing how they can uh, really make change in their life, uh, whether it be in their business, in their health, or in their relationships. And so the idea of my Unpack program is a, a simple um, three-day, three hours, nine hours total of this uh, intense uh, shedding away of all these, all this clutter and all these things that stop us and really get them on a path to start living their, their best life. Cool, man. Cool. So I, I know I've, I've seen a, a few of your lives and a few of your posts and I, and from what I can see is it's shaping nicely. Yeah. You know, it, it is, it, it took me a while to figure out, um, exactly who I was talking to. Right, you know, you our whole life we try to be the jack of jack of all trades, right? Yeah. The master of none. And now in the world we live is such a gr- it's so refreshing to know that you can go really deep on a topic or subject, and you can help people if you know exactly what type of value you can bring to them and exactly how you want to help them. And so I think the the challenging part now for a lot of us is how do we how do we get to that pinpoint? And even for myself, right? How do I get to that absolute certainty of what I can provide them? And so that, that is, that's the path that I've sort of been on. And that's the path that uh, has really started getting momentum in this whole program. Cool, man. So I know, I know, I know a little bit about your story. Say we, uh, we met about two years ago in a mastermind. Yeah. And, and and you in particular stood out to me uh, for your energy and your enthusiasm and your, and your charismatic smile. Um, <laughs> but your story is what interested me most. So, I mean, you're not just uh, somebody that's created this. You've, like you said earlier on, you've designed your time with your child. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's people that's probably listening to this that's probably stuck or in a job. They may be not feeling fulfilled. They're not enjoying it and maybe feeling, uh, you know, expectations, family commitments, as you and I both know, they mount, they mount up. Um, so could you give them a little, a little bit of background on yourself? I mean, just so they can understand that this is possible. I want them to feel that, you know, just listening to you and your story, anything is possible. Yeah. You know, no, I would love to, man. And it's such an interesting story. And I think, um, there's a lot of parallel to a lot, a lot of people and, and things that have going on in their own life. I think for me, it was, if I, if I had to start, I would say it started at what I would consider the height of my career, right? I, I was uh, a working man doing great uh, in the education sector. Um, and I had, a, I had an opportunity. I just finished my master's. And, you know, and so everything we've been taught, you go to school, you get education, you get a great job, go back and get your master's. And now people are going to pay you more and you're going to have more freedom and more fun and more happiness. And I never forget it. The moment I graduated um, my mat for my master's, I got IO psychology 
uh, at the Chicago School of Psychology, um, and that's industrial organization. And at that moment, I wanted to do something special. And so my wife was like, let's go to Thailand. And I was like, this would be great, you know, crazy. I hear all about it. I've never really been on that side of the world. even thought about it. So she got the flights. We got everything taken care of. And I, I went to go put in my um, vacation time. And my company said, oh, you know, the change of the years, we've decided now that you have to work each month to get your vacation days. So basically, for every 30 days you work, you get a day and a half or two days or two and a half, depending on your tenure. And that just sort of left a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, you change this policy without letting us know. But either way, I did what I wouldn't ask anybody to do. I quit my job and I backpacked <laughs> through Thailand for two and a half months or two and a half weeks. <laughs> right? I mean, you talk about like, go against everything that you've been taught. That was it. And, you know, I, it was exciting until I landed in Thailand. Actually, we had a layover in uh, Beijing. I got to walk the Great Wall of China. Nice. So here I am walking the Great Wall, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. What the hell did you just do? <laughs> like... You idiot, you quit your job? Like, what are you thinking? And at that moment, for, and it consumed, I would say it consumed about 50% of my trip, where all I kept saying to myself was, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for rent? How am I going to get food? How am I going to pay for my insurance? How am I going to pay for my phone? I love going to the gym. Like, all these numbers kept adding up. And it almost sort of took over my happiness to the point that I realized that, man, if I'm not making money, I'm not happy because I'm, because I'm not able to do the stuff that I want to do. And that's sort of how I correlated it. And then I was just upset. You know, the next stage is I was just upset because I've done what you told me to. I've gotten a great job. I got my master's. I should be getting paid more. You know, why am I not reaping these benefits that everybody talks about? Uh, and it was life-changing, dude. I think being in Thailand was a great thing because at the same time, I was out in this beautiful country where on average, uh, people make $2 a day. That's on average. And I was able to live on about $5 a day. And when I mean live, I'm talking about breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffees, snacks, riding elephants, kayaking, tubing, hiking, camping, right? And, and in the midst of all this, and I get to speak to uh, Buddhist monks and have conversations with them on the side of temples. And, and a lot of the things that I was asking was around this sort of idea of like, how do you create a happy life? And it wasn't, I wasn't that adverse. Like I wasn't saying like, hey, how do you create a happy life? I was basically trying to figure out how would I put out these fires? Yeah. And a lot of the fires was, I want more, right? I want to dress nice. I want to look nice. I want to dress fresh. I want the nice car. I want the nice job. I want all of this. And the the big thing I got, you know, and I'll, and I'll 
move us along. But the big thing I got from that trip when it was all said and done was this idea that the only person that can be happy about their situation is myself. And the only way I can do that is by really recognizing what I want for my life and what makes me happy. And as soon as I started thinking about that, some of the things that I was worried about um, sort of went away. And I know it sounds silly to say anybody listening, oh, it didn't just go away. I still got to pay bills and I still got to do all that crap. And I completely agree. Uh, but, but how I looked at the situation was different. Almost looked at it like um, if, if anybody's ever went through bankruptcy, right? You know, or, or somebody's had a mass, massive uh, health problem that a health scare that really changed their life, right? What happens as soon as that happens? They, they change everything, right? If you go bankrupt, next thing you know, you're counting all your dollars. You're looking at your money. You're looking at where it's going. You're never going to get in that situation again. If you have a health scare, guess what? I'm done smoking. I'm done eating fried food. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to, right? It's always that, that something that happens right before it. And for me, I didn't want to get there. I didn't want to get to the point where I'm on life support, whether it be financial relationship or health. And now I have to make a change with my back up against the wall because that's a fight of desperation. And so I wanted to create a moment of um, being in control and in charge. Uh, and so that's what spearheaded everything. And then once we got back from Thailand, man, I, 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 I grabbed onto this sort of minimalist spirit, right? And not the minimalist that you see on TV. Like we're not living out of backpacks and eating canned foods and, you know, like, but the idea of like, what do I need to be happy? And what do I need to live? And everything was about growing into it, right? Growing into it. I, you know, I had my car. I want a bigger and better car. Let me grow into it. If the car is doing great, leave it alone. Our house, right? My wife and I paid off our house. Yeah, we could get a bigger house, but we decided let's grow into it. And so I think that sort of method sort of followed throughout uh, my experience. Nice. And, you know, I'll take a little pause there. I don't know if that's, is that sort of right on the on the path yeah, with yeah. it again? Yeah, man, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Is, was it on that trip that you? Because you've mentioned a book to me about uh, minimalism, clutter, a Mario Kondo book. Is that where you read that on that trip, or was it? I I read that on the way back from her. I read that uh, once I got back. Once I started to create my path, um, you know, I went. It was interesting. During that time, I was able to do some consulting work. Um, I had about a two month, three month uh, stint of not having a job when I came back from Thailand. And one of the things I started to look at was where was all this wasteful time and money being spent? And I noticed that um, I had a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff was weighing me down and not just the, not just the physical stuff, but the mental stuff. Right. And we don't recognize how much that weighs us down. I mean, if you have a closet in your room that's filled to the brim with junk, you may not think about it on a day-to-day basis, but in your head somewhere, that is weighing your mind down. Mm-hmm. And we don't recognize that. And we have that in our garage, in our house, in our closets, in our dresser drawers. And then you start thinking about all the other stuff, the, the phone calls, the family you got to take care of, the relationships, the cars, and all this stuff in your head. If it doesn't have a place, right, if you can't neatly tuck that away, 
and you're going to drive yourself crazy time and time again. And that's what I was doing. And so this sort of gave me an opportunity to sort of step away from that because I didn't have money to go out or do anything. <laughs> right. So I sort of took a step back, but that, that single, those two months uh, of, of that taking place drastically changed my life. And in that time is when I found that Marie Kondo book about the art of tidying up. And, and something that she says that always resonates with me is she has this idea, does it bring you joy? Mm. You mentioned this to me. And if it doesn't bring you joy, then why are you doing it, right? And, and I think for a lot of people, they, not for a lot of people, the people that I'm trying to help, I want to get them to recognize that it's not about being happy all the time. But it is about creating a life and an environment that allows you to be happy most of the time. And so we develop these habits and these routines that make us feel like we're just stuck. Right? Like, oh, you know, waking up in the morning, right? I'm I'm an early riser. I love waking up. And so with our first child, I was just devastated. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to wake up and help my wife out. And I don't know what I'm going to do with the child. And I got to keep her busy. And I get all nervous, right? Well, now I'm to the point where I could wake up at 4.30, 5.30 in the morning, get some work done. My daughter wakes up. And what's the first thing I do? I make her breakfast. And then we'll take a road trip to Starbucks or something. And we'll sit in Starbucks and she'll have her little uh uh, milk and I'll have my coffee and she'll watch people and we'll talk and I'll have conversations with her and it helps my wife get to sleep in a little bit longer but it creates this bond with my daughter now that's something I would have never thought about if I only looked at it from the lens of you know before it was like oh what am I gonna do and I gotta do all this stuff I got my own stuff to do but now I've created this space of joy where I'm spending great time with my daughter uh, I'm doing what I love doing, but I'm also connecting with her and I'm giving my wife a chance to sleep in. And everybody knows that a happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah, man. so it's about creating space and finding joy in the things you're doing. And if it doesn't, and I think this is the, the part that I, I want to make sure everybody knows if it doesn't bring you joy, then eliminate it. I don't care what it is. You may say, oh, well, I got to pick up my kids from school. Okay, that's great. If you have to pick up your kids from school, find a way to make it enjoyable for you and the children. Yeah. Right? Maybe it's walking to pick them up. Maybe it's riding a bike. Right? Maybe it's going to do something that you both enjoy when you get them. Right? Creating these moments that create uh, time for you to enjoy what you have and to be uh, grateful for what you have. And I think that's a huge part of this as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, gratitude is uh, definitely something I practice daily. Um, yes, yeah, uh, I think you, when when you say it like that, it's um, about about you know if it doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. It sort of takes away all the other stuff then. Um, and I I'm a, I mean I don't know if there's some crossover. You tell me your thoughts if you would. Um, like with joy and, and values. So I remember when, when we had to do our values uh, in the mastermind, that brought me great clarity about what I wanted to be about. 
Yeah. But I mean, what you just said simplifies it even further. You know, if it's, and do you think there's a crossover there? Am I slightly missing something or? No, I think so. So one of the things that um, we don't think about a lot is um, our society has taught us to be very cautious. And so because of that, we need a lot of data and a lot of research before we make any type of moves, right? If you're purchasing a car, what do people say? Did you research it? Have you looked at it? What are you doing? Have you seen what they said? I saw an article. I read an article. And because we have so much, so many tools, right, and so many things that are at our hands, we feel that um, research and research and research and, and finding all the answers is critical before we can move forward. And so I think at the core, everybody knows their values, right? Even though if they haven't written them out, everybody has a sense of who they are morally uh, and what they want from their life. Right. And I think that writing our values out is something that I, I, I condone and I do as well. Um, but one of the ways to cut through all that clutter is that idea of what brings you joy. Yeah. Right. Because at, at that moment, everything else sort of goes away, right? You're not overanalyzing. You're not trying to break it down. You're not trying to decide what's the best move. It's, you know what? I want to go for a walk with my child today. That brings me joy. Or I want to get really deep on these emails and respond back to all my, all my coworkers. That brings me joy, right? It's, it's finding those moments of what brings you joy. And if there isn't, you find the moments in those spaces that bring you joy. And I think that's crucial for people to understand that, yes, you may have to go to work and yes, you may have a 45, 45 minute commute or yes, you may um, not have a great place to eat lunch and stuff like that. Well, find those moments in those spaces that you can create something for you, right? So if it's a 45 minute uh, ride, do a podcast, do a book, research music, research a topic, learn about something new, Right. Create something so that when you walk away, it's like, oh, you know, that, that went by fast, right? Instead of just sitting there listening to pumped up music and upset because you're in traffic because traffic's not going anywhere. So now your heart is pumping, your mind is pumping, you're furious. And why can't these idiots get out of the way? It's <laughs> a crazy thing. So I was talking to a fellow in work the other day and I said, uh, what's going on in your life? When he said, oh, because I, 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 I give him a book to read. And he said, uh, I'd like to get some uh, road, uh, road rage or something, like being in a car. I, I, I hate traffic. I was like, right. I said, well, can you change the way you're looking at it? Is there something you could do? I said, I know on my downtime, exactly like you just said, I check on a podcast, I check on an audio book. Any between time of traveling to the shops or going here or there is always, to me, it's learning time. Um, so I'm just trying to give him a different perspective. I asked exactly, you just nailed it there because he was furious about this. This is commute. In fact, I think it was a, it was a, it was a, like a 15 minute walk and it took him an hour and a half to drive there in the car. <laughs> so, so he was bouncing. He was fuming. So, uh, right. yeah, hopefully you'll listen to this and I can, uh, I can, I'll drop his name. I'll tag yeah. his name in it. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, yeah and, perspective. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and that's so, and, and you start thinking about how that all adds up, right? That that hour commute of him finding something that he really likes, 
right? Whether it be a topic, whether it be a subject, whether it be whatever it is, you know, and, and creating that space where for me, I'm to the point now, if I know I have to drive somewhere, I don't feel like I'm rarely am I ever in a hurry. Yeah. Right. Because I know what I'm doing. If it's going to take me 30 minutes to get there, I'm going to leave 40, 45 minutes because that enjoyment of being in the car and arriving on time, all that, like I, I, I'm now never late for things because of the fact that I find joy in going places. Oh, I can finally get back into my book. Let me jump in the car and get there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. That's right, man. That's right. Okay. That's cool. So, okay. Let's, let's, let's change tack a minute. Yeah. Okay, so thinking back to your time in school, what stories come to mind? Oh man. I, I think, um, I think for me, uh, a lot of the stories that, that come to mind is the idea of not being, um, and you and I have talked about this before, um, not having the feeling of being smart, right? Or, or not really looking at the whole definition of what smart means, right? Uh, for me, smart has, has, was always a narrow scope of people that did extremely well in school. And if you didn't do well in school, then obviously you weren't smart. Uh, and I think that over the years, when I look back at that, uh, there's a lot of opportunities missed to be a better student, a better, um, a better individual in the, in the education sector as a child, right? From uh, kindergarten all the way up into high school and even parts of college. And so those are the, the, that's the story that, I, that I've told myself that now when I, when I think back on that, I, I realize how I didn't have the full truth, how um, smart is being able to learn. And we're seeing it now even more today, right? The ability to learn and relearn is 10 times more important than being able to know all the pie charts, right? You know, I think Edison, I don't know if it was Edison or um, Einstein that said it, you know, that whole idea that if I have a book that I can look up that information, there's no reason for me to be trying to keep it all in my head. Yeah. And I think with technology and the way things are going, there's no reason for me to try to know it all. But there is a big reason for me to be able to learn how to adapt, to be able to pick up new ideas and new strategies and implement them right away. And I think that's important for any creative and for any individual that's trying to have a better life in the next 10, 20 years. You know, we see the landscape, the world is changing, the business, business is changing, and we know we need to change. But the longer we hold on to this belief that we want everything to go back to the same, it's going to be so hard for you to catch up and keep up in the future. Because, I mean, everything's happening so fast. Uh, and, I, and I think that's, that's something that I wouldn't have learned if probably if I would have been super smart, <laughs> you know, because when I was younger, I tried to adapt. Oh, the teacher needs this homework assignment. I got to figure out this stuff right away. I need to. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's, that's one of the stories that reminds me of my childhood um, from the education side. That's good, man. I mean, uh, I think teaching back then was different. Because I, I hear my son come home with stories now, and they don't seem to. From from what he tells me, it doesn't seem to be so 
uh, sh- like when I was in school, it was very shut you down, uh, embarrass or humiliate, make you look small. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to be about that now. So I mean, I'm hopeful that things are changing. Um, well, and it, and I and I think your your son's right, and I think our our world has to start to pay attention to that. I mean, um, we live in a world now where the kids are just as educated as the teachers, so we're not. They're not just going to listen to you say something without figuring out if it's true or if it's the facts. And I think that's the same in our workplace, mm-hmm. right? A boss that used to be able to just say, do it because I said do it, no longer, right? Employees are like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. And now we know that we have outlets for people to talk to when we feel like the boss or the, the leader is moving in the wrong direction or they don't listen to others. I think understanding that there is no uh, sage on the stage anymore and that we're all sages with the ability to create our own life is, is, is the direction it's moving. Yeah. It's exciting. It's quite, it's exciting to think the world, the kids are coming into. I mean, we, we've got opportunities our parents and never had, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's exciting for us, dude. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you have more knowledge at your fingertips than most presidents of the world had in the 80s you know in the 90s like your phone your iphone or your android has more computation in there to allow you to create a business that can compete with amazon compete with a toys r us compete with apple right and and your knowledge and so i think it's important for us not to only think about the kids but for a lot of middle-aged individuals, if you're 25 to 40, 40 to 60, right? It's not just a young man's game. Like the knowledge that you have in your head is needed. And now you have a resource to be able to put it out there for people. And so, you know, I, I want adults to understand that as well. Yeah, man, definitely. Because I know, I know that was one part in the uh, – in the mastermind where he said, what age do you want to like, we have to write our own obituaries. Yes. And I, I put down 105 and I was a, a successful philanthropist and businessman. Um, but I'm seeing more and more and talking to more and more people and listening to more and more podcasts. And that age is going up. So six sixty is not end of term. It's not nearly there. And, that, no. and, and three years ago, Jace, I was there. I was thinking I was halfway through. I was thinking, right. holy shit, man, what have I done with my life? You know, I'm 43. I don't know where I'm going. Everything's just coming in on me. You know, I'm just like, what have I done? I've messed it all up. I only get one chance of this. Yeah. You know, and then. And that's, and that's, and, and I think I went to the exact same thing. I think we all, right. And I think that's, to some extent, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that go into that. But I think for a lot of us, um, we haven't figured out like when we were kids, when people used to say, what do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) Right. And for a lot of us, we just sort of been floating good or bad. Right. Like, Oh, I I floated into my first job and that got me a better job. And I floated into my master's degree. Right. And I, and I wanted to do some of that stuff, but a lot of that stuff was pushed because I believe that's what needed to be done. And then we both know it. Like what happens when you get to this place of like where you've been trying to get to your whole entire life and it doesn't satisfy you, what then? 
right? And and we've seen that through famous people, through musicians, through rock stars, through uh, entrepreneurs and leaders where they've reached the heights and they just have either a breakdown or a meltdown because the grass isn't always greener, right? Like the grass is greener where you water it. And so if you're not taking care of yourself and if you're not taking care of what hap- what's happy for you, what makes you feel better and what, what inspires you, then regardless if you make a million dollars or two million or five million, right? You're still going to be the same person that is struggling with, do I look nice? Do people like me? Am I overweight? Am I underweight? Do I talk too much? Am I embarrassing? Right? None of that stuff goes away if you don't take time to fix that. And a lot of the fix is just figuring out what you love about yourself and what you want from your life. And and when I started doing that, like when I started recognizing that, I mean, it is, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. Um, and that's what I want for people. I want for not to create a life that somebody tells you to create or not to create a business that everybody else is creating. I want, people to figure out exactly what makes them happy and then design a life around that and if i could be the spearhead and if i could help them do that then that's my that's my goal that's what i want for my life to help more people have a more enjoyable business and a successful life a successful relationship and be and be happier and healthier yeah nice uh it's that's yeah it's uh it's this introspection, isn't it? And, and, and that's what it changed for me too, is I was looking external for all these fixes. Yeah. Not one of those fixes was external. They, it wasn't until I flicked that switch and actually looked at what I was doing to make it difficult, did my perspective then change and then I could actually do something about it because I then empowered myself. Yeah. What, what, what do you think... Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think we, we go through so far to the point? I mean, because it seems to be, they used to call it like the midlife crisis, for lack of a better word. But it, it's, it's not. I think it's like an existential problem. It's, it goes deeper than that. It's like, I think it's fundamentally within us all. Whether, yeah. you know, even, even if you're super successful, there's going to be an element somewhere of this well, torment, you know? Oh, without a doubt. You know, one of the things I've read through research is that, um, you know, for survival of humans, right? It was important for us to go along with the crowd, right? Like that was a survival instinct. Like don't eat that poison plant over there. Okay, so everybody's decided not to eat that poison plant, right? Don't look over that cliff. Everybody's decided. And I think that is in our DNA. And so for a lot of us, we search exterior for happiness, right? Like, oh, I, I need to do that, or I need to have that car, or I need to drive that, or I, and we don't even recognize um, how it backs us into a corner, right? And until we get to, like you said, in our, in our late 30s, our early 40s, and we start thinking like, damn, dude, what am I doing? Like on every outskirt, I look like I'm happy. I have the car, I have the house, but why the hell am I not happy? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that really hits home with a lot of people like, you know, so many of my friends that have amazing companies and businesses um, may suffer from anxiety, depression, 
you know, or just just nervousness of not, you know, not being uh, perfect. And I think when you when that hits you, you start to second guess everything. And that becomes, I think, the midlife crisis, because what do I give up? And I give up everything that I thought was me. You know, a good example of that is I played college football. I was a division one college football. I loved football from like sixth grade all the way up into probably the last five years. And I still love football, but for me, like that's who I was. Like at 26, 30, if you said, hey, who are you, Jason? I'm an ex-college football player, right? Because that was something that I identified with. It, it showed people something. It gave everything I wanted to hear. And somewhere along the way, I realized that that limited thought process of who I am no longer fit me, right? And no longer described who I was as an individual. And not because I disliked football, but it was just, it was no longer who I am. But that's tough to give up, especially in the United States where every Sunday people watch football and every Saturday people watch football and they're like, Jason, what are you doing? I'm going for a walk or I'm going to check out a movie or I'm going to the beach. During football season? Yeah, during football season. Right, because I'm not going to be a person that's going to sit in my house for eight hours on a Saturday and another eight hours on a Sunday and then wonder why I don't have the business that I want or the relationship that I want or the children that I want or the life that I want when I've just neglected all this time. And I think I think whether it be football or anything else, a lot of us sort of and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch football. I'm just saying for me, that's what it was. For others, it could be all sorts of things that you've committed to. That's who I need to be. Like, I'm this person. I do these things. And so because of that, I'm going to keep doing a bunch of stuff uh, that no longer serves me. And I think that's where you have to just start being really honest with yourself. I think that's, that's the key that people are, are needing to deal with right now. So you mentioned something really cool then. At what point or what would you think was the – cause of the inflection point where you realized that Jason Teeters, the ex-football player, no longer fitted. Uh, what was the, what's the, what's the thing around that? Okay, do, have you even gone into it? I, well, I think, I think it started with, it actually started with conversations with other guys, right? Um, I've always loved connecting with people and finding out their stories and the stories that would always get me, the stories that are always so hard to connect with is when I talk to people about football, when I talk to other men about football, they knew stats and information about trades and who was playing what. And I'm like, dude, you don't get paid and you're not a coach. Like, why do I care that the Philadelphia Eagles 73% of the time, every time they have a home game, win by 4.5 points? I don't care. Like, you know, and, and it's our society is now we want more information. And so we get caught up in this. And so these conversations weren't enjoyable. Like, I'm talking about other men that are living their life to the fullest sitting around with other men who aren't living their life to the fullest because they're watching other men live their life to the fullest. And we get in that, I wish, and I, uh, or, or even worse, oh, that guy's a bum. That guy is on a, on a playing field. And I knew 
playing sports. And so it was those type of conversations that I just realized didn't serve me anymore. Like, I don't want to hear you talk about terrible athletes when I know what they had to do to get there. And because I played college football, I'm completely fine with telling you I don't watch football because what are you going to say? I'm not man enough. And so that gave me a really good excuse to, to tell people, like, no, you know, I watch my team and that's it. No, I didn't see the game. And, and it's crazy how, how, how hard that was at the beginning where people go, yeah, you catch that game Monday night? And I'd be like, uh, no. And they would just look at you like, dude, what kind of man are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? <clears throat> but that's the scary part in everything we do, right? In anything you give up. Yeah. Right, walking to work instead of driving to work. Right, the people that look at you like you crazy dude. There's no way I'm walking to work. Right, it's funny looks. <laughs> yeah, right. But they don't recognize the benefits of that. The time you get to yourself, all those things that add up to a a successful and productive life. Cool man. That was good to hear your take on that. Then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, man, definitely. Okay, so uh, recalling how you were when you were younger, what lessons do you think took you longest to learn? Self-awareness. Self-awareness? Yeah. Being self-aware. So what's what's the story there then? Um, I think that, so I think for me, a lot of my self-awareness was coming from the opposite. And I was, I was, where most people aren't self-aware, I was over self-aware, right? Meaning that um, my my dad was successful and he moved to a really good neighborhood, which meant that I moved to a school which was predominantly white. I was like 25% of the black population, like four kids. And it's, a, and, it's a, and it's a small community. So I grew up with these kids from elementary, middle school to high school. Right. And so I think the idea of trying to fit in, right. And, and, and how do you fit in? And I think for me, it was always this, I needed to fit in. I didn't want to stand out. I was already standing out my color, right. So the last thing I needed to do was to be awkward. And, and that was, it was, you know, like anything, it was a life-saving technique. I always laugh now. I could go to any country bar in the United States and sit down at the bar and friendly up with anybody because I've, I've ridden John Deere's and I've detasseled corn and I've castrated pigs and I've held hay. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I listen to George Strait, so I know everything I can to be able to adapt. And then, uh, and then it all switched when I got to college and I played college football. Now it's 106 plus dudes on a football field and on a team and the percentage of blacks to white shift. And so now I'm part of a crew probably of about 65, 70%. And to them, it was like, man, why do you talk so funny? <laughs> why don't you know? Why, why are you acting so white? And, <laughs> oh, no. And, yeah, and so then that became this huge self-awareness. Like, oh, my gosh, dude. You know, it wasn't this idea that I, I lost my black culture. I knew it extremely well. But from the outskirts, I didn't fit in there either. So around college became this really cool – at the time, I didn't know it, but it became this really cool point where I was almost like a chameleon. 
right? I, I was able to uh, navigate both worlds uh, extremely well. And I think one of the things I learned from that, it got to a point where I eventually was good at being myself, right? Where, where the, the white kids understood that this is who I was and I never had to change my voice or the way I acted. And even with the black kids got to the point that I never had to change my voice or the way I acted. And I think understanding that gave me a great opportunity to learn from others, even to this day. Any area, situation, or place I go, I'm able to fit in, not by, not by trying to be like them, but by standing out, by saying how I feel, by bringing my smile to the table, by willing to learn from others. And I think that has been an, an extreme advantage uh, around my self-awareness. And once I recognized that, it became really uh, instrumental to my success, right? Being, we don't recognize how much we're not aware of our surroundings or even aware of ourselves of how we're speaking and how we're talking and how we're connecting with others. And if, if you don't recognize that, right, if you're not at the core understanding that about yourself, then everything else is all false, Right, because the way you think you speak to somebody or the way you think they took your words is going to be different than the way you thought they were going to take your words. And so every single time that you aren't aware of what is currently happening and, and the truth, right, what, what's really happening, then it, it leads to more space for more things to not go your way in relationships in, 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 in childbearing and work and all that stuff. Right. If I think that, if I think that I'm telling you something and you got it like, Oh, that guy's being a jerk. And I can't recognize that you think I'm being a jerk. Then I'm not going to curve that. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep acting that way. Right. And I think a lot of times it's miscommunication. We don't know where people are coming from and we're not, we're too afraid to admit that we're wrong. Right. Yeah. To say like, hey man, I'm sorry. You know, like earlier today, you said something to me. I'm like, sorry man, I didn't hear what you said. You know, and you had to write it out for me because I just didn't hear it. Where how many times in in business or in relationships or you know, especially my wife, you know, she'll say something. I was like, yeah, 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 sure, okay. And then like five minutes later, I thought you said you were gonna do that. <laughs> like, oh, that's what you meant. My bad. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> And so I, I think uh, with all this, even with my program, one of the things that I really try to hone in on um, is, you know, this, not only the structure, right? And so one of the things I talk about is, is how, to, how to grow a business, right? And, and for a lot of people, a lot of creatives that have their own small businesses, um, they struggle, right? Because they either started for a certain reason or they had some success and now they're trying to figure out how do I duplicate that success? How do I grow it? And a lot of times we want to believe that it's the structure and the strategy that helps us, right? Oh, we'll do A, B, and C and you got it. Do, you know, E, F, G and you're there. And This is how you make six figures in your company and this is how you do this. And what I found is the structure and the strategy will always change, right? Every single day there's a new um, app and a new program and a new website that creates things and that makes things easier and makes things 
more useful for you. Uh, but the key to real success is the behavior. If I know why I'm doing something, if I know the reason why I'm here, if I know my purpose, and I can clearly move in that direction and not, you know, like we talked about values, it's not about saying I know 100% of the values and I'm going to take this precise step. There's got to be flexibility in life. So, so you just have to know the behavior. What do I want from this outcome? If you want to be a great father, what does that outcome look like? What does a great father look like? Okay, I don't have to do it all right now, but every day I do one little thing that moves me closer. Same with your business. People are like, how do I flip my business around and make massive profits in two months, three months? Those things are strategy, right? Those are short-term fixes. We're trying to create a life of longevity and happiness. And so to do that, you have to understand the behavior needed, right? And how you as an individual want to operate in this world. And once you figure that out, I think that's when, that's when everything clears up, right? And you can start taking chances of doing podcasts, of doing Facebook groups, of, of being on uh, videos every week, right? Because now I know what direction I'm heading and now I know what direction is going to move me forward. Um, but for a lot of us, if we're trying to do a combination of both, like, oh, I want to be like this, right? And, I, and, and so I'm going to do this stuff, but I don't feel comfortable doing it. And I don't know why I'm doing it. Then it fails. And then what do we say? Not that it failed, we failed. Now I'm a failure. Now I'm not going to try it again. And now I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> right? And, and those are the cycles that I feel like a lot of us are, are getting into. And so the idea is that if you can start understanding how awareness about who you are and what you want and what that looks like and, and how you want to achieve it. And everything else is, is simple. And that's why, you know, my program is that short, right? Because the idea is to effectively give you the information you need to start making real action today, not a week from now, not eight weeks from now, not go through this whole entire program. Right. Cause what, you know, once you realize that, there's a, there's a quote that I used to love saying. It said, self-help books don't work, right? It says the only way self-help books work is if you realize that you have to work. Yeah, yeah. And that's huge, right? Like if you don't realize, like a self-help book is not going to, if that was the case, everybody would be rich and think and grow rich. <laughs> everybody would be a, a, you know, a youpreneur. Like everybody would be crushing it by Gary Vee. You know, all these things would happen if all I had to do was read it, right? But the problem is you have to be ready to make the change. You have to be willing to make the change. And I think that's where a lot of us, you know, we try things. We try to go on diets or we work out or we try to run. And all that comes from changing our environment, our behavior, um, but it's not really about changing our identity. Who do we have to become to have this life? And so I, I think that's where my self-awareness comes in, um, that once you get to that point, you can start really creating something fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty strong, especially the behaviors, like you just said. It's uh, also touching on what you said earlier on about association with being like an ex-football player. We, you know, we, we take it on, and if... If you if you'd have tried and then failed as a, a, a football player, you would have been a failed ex football player. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Why, why do we so deeply res, you know, um, take on, associate what we do rather than what we are? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. ex- oblivious to all other things, like who we are inside, you know? Yeah. We don't ask yeah. ourselves these questions. We don't get prompted at school. We, we don't get well, to ask ourselves, what do we want? Because if we do, we could be deemed as selfish because it's about us. Well, and I think to go along with that as well, we look at success as a reward, not as the content, right? If, if, if somebody says, are you successful? The only way they're going to be able to know that in their mind is, what do you drive? What do you wear? What house do you live in? And if, if that's the only way that you determine success, well, then shit, dude, there's millions and millions of people that are successful in this country. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right if you look at the cars you look at the houses and you look at the stuff they wear yeah but that's not the facts no. right? success comes down to the content like what are you doing and why are you doing it right and then that's where real success longevity success comes from right this fleeting success of like oh i drove a car but i'm i can't pay my car payment i have an escalate but i can't pay for gas i have the number one phone but i can't pay for coverage Right, we put ourselves in these moments just so we can show off to others. But over time, you and I both know that that's a flash in the pan. We've seen it throughout history, and so I think for a lot of us, getting to that content over reward is is important. And you know, I always laugh because that's the that's our society. You go to a party, and what do people say? Oh, what do you do for a living? Right, like that's going to determine how successful you are. Not like hey, man, you know, what makes you happy? What do you enjoy doing? What was the place you went to? You like traveling, right? We get caught up in this, what do you do? What do you have? What do you look like? And, and, and that's real, right? So I'm not saying that you all of a sudden look funky to make a million dollars. But you start to recognize that everybody is exactly like you. They're lost. They're not sure exactly what, what they need to do. They're following this path of more money, which we know, like Biggie says, more money, more problems, right? But they, he said it. And I mean, and nobody wants to listen to that. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, and that's where I'm at because I've, I've realized now that um, once you stop chasing money, and you start chasing, I want to say happiness, right? But I would say content. Once you start chasing what makes you feel good, then money will start chasing you. It's the opposite around. Quit chasing money, chase content, and then let the money chase you. And that's what we see out there right now. That's how these people are, that's how these people are succeeding. And why would you not want to succeed that way? Why would you not want to wake up every day doing exactly what you love and helping people get value out of what you do? Like that baffles me. And I'm not saying people aren't trying that, right? So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you're not doing that, right? But you have an opportunity to create a a mode or a business however you want. And I think that's one of the things that's been struggling for me. You know, I see the way most people are creating businesses, and I'm not saying that they're right or wrong. 
but I know my personality and I know what type of business I want to create. And if, if you're telling me that connecting with people and sharing value with people is not a profitable situation and I should be thinking about the dollar dollar bills, well then I'm telling you I'm wrong when you're wrong. All right. Because to me, I want every person that I come in contact with every person that I help to hopefully make my life better and make their life better. That's all I'm here for. And when I do that, I think the value will be translated uh, into whatever form, whether it be traveling, money, experiences, things, whatever it is, right? But I'm doing it out of value. And I think that's, I think for a lot of us out there, including what you're doing, right? Like it starts with value, and then all of a sudden, you know, two years from now, when Joel's doing this podcast in front of a million people, they're going to be like, oh, my God, he got it. He made it so easy. Like, no, no, no. Listen <laughs> <laughs> to that podcast with that Jason Teeters dude. <laughs> but, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it takes, it takes time to create something of, of uh, value. And I think yeah. the more we recognize that once we understand what value is to us, then we can move in the direction faster. That's, yeah, man. It's, it's, again, it's us, you know, self-awareness again, isn't it? It uh, seems to be the hinge. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's, there's a million things that we can all work on, but, I mean, we all have to recognize that we all feel like we have no time in our lives. Like everything's pulling at us and that can't be the way our life is supposed to run. It can't no. be. No. You shouldn't be jumping task to task and have to multitask every conversation with your family and your work and your boss and your relationships. Like that's not, it's, that, that will never be happiness. Regardless of what you're doing, everything's fleeting. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's, there's got to be a better way. And I think with more technology, what we're failing to realize is that a better way is by doing less, right? Most people believe I got to do more to be more. No, you just got to do exactly precisely what you need to do. And that's it. And when you create those moments of that, when you create that in your life, then that just makes everything else just so much more beneficial. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a process, isn't it? I mean, I've I've, yeah. I've I've cut stuff out, but I've become more aware of the things that like don't fill me and things that I used to associate with. As in, I'm somebody that enjoys DIY and you know, so I'm manual. I enjoy getting, you know, getting down and dirty and bloody muddy and everything else, <laughs> right? which I still do. But it's just, you know, like there's a DIY job in the back room right now. My wife's decorating, painting, stripping walls. I'm just <laughs> I really don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something you got to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some things you've got to do. But before, I would I would have, you know, it's something I did because I'm into DIY. But yeah, since become a waste, it's not something I really enjoy. You know, so yeah. Well, but, and and I think for your I think for your audience is is it's really important that I lay down a couple of practical ways this works so, so they have understanding. Uh, I think for one, right. One of the biggest things 
um, that I've done in my own personal life, right? Um, one is my clothes, right? Uh, in my closet, uh, I took out every single article of clothing, every shoe, every t-shirt, everything. And through that Marie Kondo method, she says, you know, pick up every single article of clothing and ask, does it bring you joy? If it does, put it back in the closet. If it doesn't, throw it away. And I thought that was the silliest thing when I first started in this journey, right? I was like, oh. So I took out all this stuff, right? And I started putting it back. And what's the first thing that pops up? Oh, man, I love this shirt, but it doesn't fit. And it never looks good on me. And I, every time I wear it, it just doesn't fit right. And so I always put it on. I never, I never wear it. I've never worn it once. So why am I keeping it? So I threw that away, right? And that process got easier and easier to the point that I realized I had like 32 t-shirts and I wore like five, <laughs> you know, and that's the stuff we don't recognize. My wife and I, it's only two of us in this house to drink coffee. We had 41 <laughs> coffee mugs, 41 coffee mugs. And we get Starbucks 95% of the time. So what's like, imagine all that space that was taken up. Right. And so it was little things like that to the point where I started to recognize like when you have less stuff, it's so much easier to live. When you only have six coffee mugs, imagine how much easier it is to live, right? I only got six to eat the wash. I only got six to put up. You start actually using the one because you realize you only have six. Yeah. Right. Same with plates, same with glasses, same with like pins in our house. We had like 15 different places that you could find a pencil or pen. Now we have one. Imagine what it's like when I say, I need a pencil. I'm not running to 15 different drawers, pulling them out. I know the exact place where it's at. My wife and I backpacked through Thailand or backpacked through Italy with our child. One backpack. Fair play. And we were one backpack and we were able, I brought, I brought 12 articles of clothing. I lost, my wife brought, I think, 15 articles of clothing, and we got nine articles of clothing for, my baby, for our child. And you start thinking about, okay, well, I need shirts, I need pants. I usually love wearing these pants anyway, so let me get a couple different shirts. Let me get a pair of shoes, you know, and then once you do that, imagine how much easier it is for us to travel. Yeah. Oh, you want to go on this boat? Oh, you want to take this little trip? Perfect. I got the bag. Let's throw it on our shoulder. Let's go. Getting through airports? Let's go. Right. And those are things that is hard for people to recognize until they start doing it. Once you start um, creating an environment that supports your ability to be more mobile, right? Like our, our, our phones are mobile, our computers are mobile, but we're not. No. And so we have to recognize that the more mobile we can be, the better opportunity we have to take a chance, take chances for success and happiness. Right, we've all had those calls like, "Hey, man, I'm, I got these free tickets. Can you go?" Oh no, man, I gotta check with all this stuff. I got this. What's the name? Can you make it? Oh, you know. And so, the more opportunities you can create the space to be, yes, that's actually I can do that. I would love to do that. Let's go there. Let's do this. So, that's one way that uh, I started that whole process to the point now that. Um, I don't like to say we live a minimalist life, but we live a life that we have all the essentials and all of our non-essentials have gone away. Cool. 
this. Uh, I think I'm going to... I've, I've done it once already, but I'm going to do it again because I've noticed my wardrobe has filled back up. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the job for the weekend, I think. There you go. But yeah, man, it's, and it's, it is doing stuff like that. And, and if you do it once, right, and do it for something that um, you deal with on a day-to-day basis, like even your desk at work, right? You just start organizing stuff and get rid of shit you don't need. Sorry to be the cuss. Get rid of stuff you don't need. Uh, and it makes life so much easier. Okay. I think that's a good takeaway, actually, Jason. Yep. Okay, dudes. So, um, We've got a couple of questions left, and I'll let you go. All right, man. Uh, right. I don't really want this conversation to end. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, looking into the future, what would be the craziest and most exciting thing you could be experiencing? Uh, looking in the future, um, the craziest and most exciting thing that I, that I will be experiencing, I know that I will experience will be standing up on stage uh, helping share my story and my resources and value with others um, all over the world. Like, I really cool. believe that. Yeah, man. I, 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 I really, I really believe that I want to bring uh, so many of us into the future, right? Uh, because we have all the resources and I'm not here to, try to pontificate on all these things and resources you need to be successful. I just really want to focus on helping people get clear on what they need specifically to be successful in their life. And so uh, I'm trying a very simple method that I'm sure will evolve, but I think the coolest thing is when I'm up on stage having this sort of same conversation uh, with individuals and helping them move forward in their own life. That's cool. I see. I think it's needed. I think there's a lot of people stuck and they don't know where to go, you know? Yeah. And so, I was one of those people. And that you and I both know after the dad's edge that there's a lot of men out there uh, as well as women that are uh, just feel lost. And it's not because they're not smart enough or intelligent enough. It's just um, they just need to know it'll be okay to do their own thing. Yeah. And to do it. And this is an aspect of the coaching I've noticed. A lot of the coaching that I do revolves around uh, not quite giving permission, but it's on those lines. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, giving them permission to pursue their dreams almost. Yeah, and, and, and let them know that what they think in their head is a reality. Like, like oh, this, I had this crazy idea. Like, dude, that's not crazy. There's a million people already doing that. Why? <laughs> yeah, man, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy I'm following right now. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, and where can the, my audience find you and on what platforms? Oh my gosh. So on Instagram, it's uh, Jet Set State, uh, as well as on Facebook, it's Jet Set State. And you can also go to my website, jetsetstate.com. And then I also have a private Facebook group for creatives. Uh, called the Art of Lifestyle Design, and you can find that on Facebook. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in that one. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, fair play to you, man. You are the king of implementation. Because, I mean, I remember the first conversation. It was all around um, uh, 
your first your first transition out your first job um and getting made redundant and uh how that what you achieved from there was just amazing i mean you blew all the guys minds in the group you yeah know? we didn't even talk about that yeah. no i know we saved that for another one but i won't go too yeah i love it i love yeah. it but uh anybody listen to this jason is the, the king of implementation he doesn't hang about. He just gets it done. Uh, and if you want to get things done, he's certainly the man to see. Um, I love so, it. so can you can you reference any book or podcast or learning resource you'd recommend for people to kick them on this journey? I mean, of course, I would say uh, if they're listening to you, keep listening to you, man. Like what you're doing. I think for a lot of people, they always are searching for um, the person that's 15, 20 steps in front of them. But a lot of times the best resources are those that are two, three, or four steps in front of them. So I, I suggest you, they listen to this, they listen to, um, you know, if you're men and, and you're trying to find your guidance, I, you know, I have to give a shout out to our boy, Larry Hagner, um, the Good Dad Project. Um, far as books, you know, I'm a, I love all types of books. You know, I think, I think I would say, Sometimes we we push more towards uh, business books, but I would suggest people to start pushing towards psychology, uh, emotional intelligent books, um, and things that you enjoy. They say that um, if you read the top three books of in the industry, you know more than most of the people that wrote those books. Oh, okay. So go deeper. So if you if you have a fascination in juggling. Find the top three books on juggling. If I guarantee if you read those three books, you'll be the best juggler out there. Right? And if, you, if you're not a reader, podcast uh, or learn. I, I think the key is just to keep learning because the next five, ten years is going to be changing so fast. And if you're a person that says, I don't get on Facebook, or I don't get on Instagram, I don't like social media, well, unfortunately, I think it's going to be here to stay and most of our resources are going to be tied up in that. So it may be something that will hurt or cripple your business if you can't adapt. So keep learning. That's my that's my biggest take, wherever you get it from. Yeah, man. Something I wanted to say to you earlier on when you was, was talking, I think I mentioned it last time we had a chat when you was on about success. And I, I heard success defined the other day as, as the pursuit of, the fulfillment of your own true potential. And I quite oh, like I that. One. that. I yeah, love man. it. Yes. And that's, I think that's a, somewhere where we will leave it and right. uh, end this today. So Jason Teeters of Jet Set State, you're the star. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, man. And remember, live life by design, not by default. I love I it. I day. love it. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, it's a pleasure. I always enjoy speaking with you, man, and, and send love to the family. And, and thank you so much for what, what you're doing. Um, you know, it's we're always going up these uphill battles, but I'm sure it's going to be worth it no matter what in the end. We just got to keep plodding forward. I think together, right? Yeah, man, hundred percent. Yeah. So I'll um I'll tag you in this when it goes out. Sounds good. Um, do you want any copy? Of, do you want the raw audio file or anything like that? No man, uh, I love I love what you. I was thinking for Insta, yes. for your Instagram, if you're gonna do any snips or anything, you know. Yeah, I was thinking I can make a little snip video of this, so when it comes out, even even after you push it out, 
I could do a cool little uh, video of this. Okay. Uh, nah, do your thing. You got it. You sure? Yeah, you got I, it. I keep it. I keep it anyway. So if you change your mind to say it's just another yeah. resource, you don't need to pull on one. No, that'd be great, man. Okay. Excellent stuff. So what's the plan now then? Uh, the plan now is I'm going to be working late night tonight. So right now I'm going to leave and go get food for Thanksgiving because I don't want to do it Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> uh, and then my wife's going out tonight, so I got to get back in time for her to leave. So it's chaos around here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Okay. I'll leave you to it. Sounds like you've got your hands full. Happy Thanksgiving. Same um, to you, brother. And uh, we'll talk, I think it's two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Hopefully I'll be in my new role, but then so I'll have a bit of stability. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, man. Fully win. <laughs> Jace, thanks very much, man. All right, man. Much love. Yeah, you too. Love to the family. Damn it. Bye.